Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. That's, that's the goal of this series, to be more intentional about going to Jesus and having him meet our needs, uh, becoming more and more like him. And we're concluding this message series on six deep needs that Jesus meets. And in the last five weeks, we've looked at um, the ways that Jesus meets the need for belonging and acceptance, for love, for hope, for authentic identity, and for meaning and purpose. You didn't know you were that needy, did you? But uh, these are just a few of the ways that Jesus meets our needs. And in fact, our memory verse for this series is Philippians 4.19. Let's go ahead and read that together. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all of your needs. God will meet all of your needs. Today we're looking at the way that Jesus meets the need for change. We all long to grow and to see our lives transformed for the better. But whatever need you came in here with this morning, God wants you to go to him, ask for guidance and his provision to meet that need. God loves you, and he is able to meet any need. The title of the message today is The Need for Change. And change is an ongoing part of our life. We all long to improve and to grow in a variety of ways throughout our life. It's part of living. And as a Christian, it's actually evidence of the Holy Spirit working in you, this longing to grow and to change. God created you. He knows your potential. And he longs for you to grow and become more like Jesus, the person that he created you to be. And whether it's a relationship with someone in your life that isn't working or some area of your life that isn't what you had hoped it would be, maybe even your spiritual life, growth and change is part of God's design for your life. You're you're geared towards growth. And this is true of everything in life. God created the world for growth and change. And and nothing stays the same, which is sometimes very frustrating to us. especially when, you know, software updates and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, we're created for change. Uh, That's how God's wired the world. So to get us started this morning, in your message notes there, I've put a line uh, to write down an area of your life where you would like to see some growth or some change. Uh, It might be something that you find yourself in a continual struggle with, a habit like procrastination. Or an addiction. It might be an attitude that you have towards someone or towards something, like getting up in the morning. <laughs> or maybe there's something that God has called you to do and, and you want to grow in your effect, effectiveness in that area. So take a minute, write something down. I think it'll help you get more out of the message. Okay, I saw this sign online this week, not that one, (laughs) that one, danger, do not touch, not only will this kill you, it will hurt the whole time you are dying, (laughs) okay, (laughs) 
Wouldn't it be helpful if we could just have a warning like this on the things that have gotten a hold in our lives and are harming our health and our relationships? You know, most everyone has an area of their life where they long for change, and often it's something that has just gotten a foothold in your life. Mostly, uh, most likely it started with one small decision to try something, to put something off, to buy something, to go somewhere, to click on something. And if you had known how much it was going to hurt or what the outcome would have been, uh, you wouldn't have gone there in the first place. You wouldn't have let that have room in your life. Uh, Like this woman. She bought what was supposed to be a teacup pig. Okay, you may have heard of those. They're fairly uh, popular over the last several years. They're advertised in ads like this. Isn't he cute? <laughs> and and the ads say that you know they're on, on they're like miniature or micro pigs or teacup pigs, and they will only get as big as a cocker spaniel. And they go on and talk about how, uh, you know, they're the fourth most intelligent animal and they're actually very clean, this kind of stuff. What most owners find out is that if you feed a pig, it will grow and grow and grow. And the only way to keep a pig small is to feed it very little. And consequently, most owners get more than they bargain for. And some, like this woman, were actually duped into buying what they thought was a teacup pig. It was actually a Vietnamese pot-bellied boar mix. So it grew to be quite big. And as true as is true of many of the habits and attitudes and sins in our life, they aren't what we thought they were going to be. And they end up taking up much more space in our lives than and our schedules than we originally thought that they would. And yet we continue to make room for them because we don't actually know what to do with them. (laughs) And we may even dress them up in a tutu and make them a welcome part of our family because we've gotten used to having these things around. The first person we have to contend with in any change effort is ourselves. And although it's very possible that there may be someone else that's contributing to... uh, you being stuck and why you've failed in the past to make change, you can't change that person. The only person you can change is you as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. And the reality is, and this is the focus of the message today, for anything to change, someone has to start acting differently. Most often that someone is you. (laughs) I know. We want it to be somebody else. We keep waiting for them. We keep praying for them, right? The changes that you make will have to have the most impact on your situation. And so the question is, do you really want to change? Do you really want to grow? If so, Jesus wants that for you too, and we're designed for growth. Today we're going to look at four important steps for real growth and change. They're there in your message notes. The first is to realize that real change starts with new life. And here's a problem that we face because we like to be in control. So we continue to struggle with these kinds of things because we have this stubborn determination to fix ourselves. Uh, 
that's what I was referring to, Rebecca. I, 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 they're going to fix you. But anyway, I did a search on Amazon this week for self-help books. Came up with 587, 927 titles. Offering a variety of ways that we can fix ourselves. And, and many of them make some pretty big claims. In fact, here's one that, uh, there was one that uh, says that they, you can change your life in the next 15 minutes. Okay? <laughs> My experience has been, unless he's planning on jumping off that rock, it's probably not going to happen. Here's another one that offers change without really having to put too much effort into it on a daily basis. Just hypnotize yourself (laughs) into new behaviors, right? You probably should tell somebody beforehand so that if you mysteriously start trying to pick flies out of the air or something, someone will know what's going on. And then here's one that promises you can break any bad habit in just 25 steps, right? That's easy. Who can do that? I can't even remember three steps. And finally, this one offers real hope. Break your self-help addiction, okay? A self-help book on how to break your self-help addiction. Stop trying to fix yourself, and that's pretty good advice. You can't fix you, but uh, that would be a great title over a great heading for Paul's words that point us to the person who could. We find them in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And, And the very heart of the Christian faith revolves around change. It's not trying some new self-help Uh, Program after another. It's living a new kind of life. The change that Jesus offers us is not just turning over a new leaf. It's living a new life. Transformation comes with recreation. Uh, In John 3, Jesus was approached by someone who needed change. Nicodemus had the right heritage. He was a Jew. He had the right Uh, spiritual training. He was a Pharisee, the right position in society. He was a religious leader, but he knew something was still missing. And so he snuck under cover of darkness to find Jesus. Before he could even get a question out, Jesus said, you must be born again. You don't need more rules. You need a new life. And we should never be satisfied merely with a new way of life. Jesus wants to give us a new kind of life. And Jesus meets our need for change by giving us that new life. Then number two, you have to remember that growth happens over time, not in an instant. You know, we can get frustrated because we're not seeing the change we want to see in the length of time we want to see it. But growth and change take time. Sometimes Jesus steps in and he he does a miracle in people's lives. Sometimes he, he will take away an addiction, or he'll, he'll heal somebody, or he'll gift you to do something that you hadn't done before. But most often, the change is a process. And as we walk with Jesus, we get closer to him, and he changes us. He enables us to make the changes that we long for. And one, our life is one of growth. Paul wrote about this in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. 
God has started a good work in you, and he'll be faithful to complete it. But change takes time. And when you give your life to Jesus, um, real change happens. You become a new creation. But we still have daily battles to win. We are daily being changed to become like Jesus. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.18, So all of us who have had that veil removed, he's, he's talking about the things that keep us from seeing Christ and believing in him and his glory, uh, see, uh, remove, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. We're being changed from one degree of glory to another as we allow Jesus to, to work in our lives. We have to cooperate with his spirit, though. So number three is we must be willing to let go of some things and take hold of others. Uh, God doesn't force us to change, but he calls us to change, and he gives us a really good strategy for doing that. In Ephesians 4:22 through 24, it says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, so we're called to put off the old and take up the new. And like the lady with the very large pig, we, we have habits and addictions and attitudes and heart issues and anger issues, whatever it is that you listed on the line in your message notes, that take up space in our lives. And to change that, we need to put off the things that are harmful to our health, our relationships, to growing in the areas that we want to see growth, and fill up that space with activities, other activities, prayer, reading scripture, um, doing the things that allow God to speak into our life and change our heart and mind. Uh, some of you may have written down that you want to grow to be more effective in a ministry area or, or to develop a new skill. You're probably going to have to stop doing something in order to make room in your life to learn and to uh, grow in that area. This is God's replacement principle to put off and to put on something new. Uh, Friday I was talking to our son, and he said that our grandson, who's 12 years old, was they just discovered he was being bullied at school. And they've done some intervention in that, but it shed some light on a text that he had sent me a week before that. He sent me a text that said, um, my favorite scripture is Psalm 23.4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. But God was working in his heart. This replacement principle to, to put off fear and to put on faith. And they've done some interventions there. They're, they're taking care of, care of that. But this is a principle at work in the kingdom of God, that when we put off things and put on other things, then God begins to work in those situations. Be willing to let go of something and take hold of others 
And then number four, learn from your setbacks and keep growing. You know, when, when you're trying to change, there's going to be setbacks, <laughs> right? We, we all have setbacks. How many have had setbacks in your life? If you're not raising your hand, you're fooling yourself because we, we, we all do every single one of us. And, and we have, what we have to get straight is that even though we have setbacks, if we get back up, uh, that's the important thing. That's the thing that makes the difference. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. So what's the measure of righteousness? Not that we don't fall, but when we fall, we get back up. And the measure of righteous man or woman is this resilience of spirit that says uh, it's time to get back up again because I still believe that God is working in my life. And if, if you take a quick look at your past, when were the times that you grew the most? It's usually when we're in the valleys, not when we're on the mountaintops. When were the times when you experienced God's grace the most? It's in those times that God changes your heart. And Paul tells us that this is his experience. And in Philippians three twelve and 14, he says, Not that I've already attained all this, the, the desire to be like Christ, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Learn from your setbacks, forget what's behind, and strain towards what's ahead. Jesus is the prize, and becoming like him is the goal of our life. He, he will enable you and transform you as you continue to trust him. Let's pray. Loving God, we uh, thank you for the promise that that you're always at work in our life, that you never give up on us, that when we fall, you'll pick us up. And if we'll just continue to trust in you, that we can see the change that we long for. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in us that empowers us and enables us to, to change. And I, I pray for everybody here, God. I don't know what they wrote on that line, but you do. And, and I pray that they'll see some movement in it, that they'll be renewed in their faith, that, that you can work in that, and, and that they'll give it to you and begin to take the steps that they need to take to see the change that you have in mind for them and that they long for. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.